0: Hey everybody, I'm Dr. Randy Rourke and this is the Uncharted Veterinary Podcast. Gang, we are just about out of time to register for Uncharted Staff Drama Conference. That's right, we have a price increase coming up in one week. That is July the 17th. Price is going to bump up about $200. And the week after that, July 24th, we're closing the doors. That'll be it. No more chances to get into Uncharted Staff Drama. Please don't let that happen to you. Head over to UnchartedVet.com. You can read all about Staff Drama and you can get registered. Grab your spot. It's going to be amazing. I'd love to see you there. And gang, with that, let's get into this episode.
1: And now, the Uncharted Podcast.
0: (laughs) All right, here we we go. And, And we're, oh God. Oh, if this podcast is as good as our conversation before it, oh man, here we go. It's me and the one and only Stephanie third rate romance, low rent rendezvous. (laughs) Oh
1: my God. That might be my favorite so far. (laughs) You're you're bringing bringing me back to my high school country roots with that one, Andy. Oh
0: man my I love heart it. beats for sammy kershaw my <laughs> um my favorite my favorite song about my wife is uh she don't know she's beautiful by sammy kershaw oh, and I like love that. it's a goofy song but i think of my lady when i, think oh, of... so, I, I
1: mean, love it i love it what you what you got for us today oh
0: man so let's talk about low rent rendezvous <laughs> let's talk about <laughs> we're gonna we're gonna hit one um I love it when people send in uh, the things that they're wrestling with, even if it's not fully fleshed out. I really like it when people send in uh, what's going on and some specifics about it because that really helps us unpack it and give examples. I do love that. I will absolutely 100% take, and it is still helpful for me when people send more generic stuff and they're like, how do you do blank? And and just give us some guidance about what they're wrestling with. Mm -hmm. And so what we're going to do today is actually a culmination of multiple requests that we have gotten. Okay. If you're out there and you're listening and you're like, I would like to make a request. The email address is podcast at unchartedvet.com. And so you can email us there, let us know what you're dealing with and maybe it'll make it on the air. So perennial request, how do you get people to come to staff meetings? Okay. And some people will say, how do you get doctors to come to staff meetings? Cause I think that that's a little bit trickier in, in a lot of practices, but a lot of people are like, what do you do with the staff? And it's their day off and you have a staff and you have to have it sometime somebody Mm -hmm. is going to be scheduled to be off. How does that work? Mm -hmm. And if we have time, I think we could even unpack, like, how does it work when you have a 24-hour hospital or multiple shifts or, you know, things like that? Mm -hmm. We'll see if we can get into that. Mm -hmm. But the underlying assumption here is staff meetings are exceedingly important. Do you agree with that? Oh, yeah, absolutely. Cool. And so if you believe, as we do, that staff meetings are exceedingly important, then it is only a matter of time until you have a staff meeting at an inconvenient time for a doctor or technician. Let's talk yep. about, let's talk about doctors. Cause there's, they there can be a little bit trickier, but know that this is hundred percent talks about staff and we'll try to make sure we hit on that pretty cleanly. And if there's differences, we'll call them out. Mm-hmm. All right, mm-hmm. cool. So help, help. We have uh, a doctor who uh, did not come to the staff meeting. And when we talked to him, He said that it was his day off and he was going to spend it with his family. Mm -hmm. What should I do? (laughs) So that's, that's, that's the general,
1: uh, that's the general request that we got. So, um, (laughs) I'm laughing because I'm imagining our listeners going, "Oh, hey, wait, that's 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 me. I did I ask this question? Was this, this one is, I sent in? Because it's, yeah. it's, it's this it's is another just, one. It's not just you, you guys.
0: <laughs> this is another one where there are going to be way more people who are like, is this about me? Right? I, is this a podcast about me? Did someone send an email from my clinic? The answer uh, is maybe. Maybe it's about. Yeah. Me. It's, we got a lot of emails about this." so it's probably
1: think this song is about you but it's not
0: so (laughs) (laughs) all right there's two uh questions that pop into my mind as soon as someone says to me how do i get the doctor to come to the staff meeting um
1: what's the first question that pops into your mind Um, I am the really annoying one as some of my practice manager friends can vouch who immediately comments in the thread when this question gets asked, what's, what's in your handbook? What's, what's in their contract? What does that say? And I always start there. What about you?
0: hundred percent. Like that's, that's number one of my two. I knew you would say that. That's why I asked that. The first (laughs) thing they go, how do you get them to come? What's in their contract? Mm -hmm. And and you, you, you go to the handbook as well, which I think is smart. Mm-hmm. What, what's written down? Mm-hmm. Did the doctor sign a contract that said that he would come to the staff meetings whenever they were, or that he would mm-hmm. come to twelve per year, or like, did is is that language there? Right. And generally, the answer is nope. no. It's it's not. <laughs> okay, that's well, you know what? People don't tend to send us emails if it's in the contract.
1: Or the answer is, wait, we have a handbook. <laughs> <laughs> oh. So for all of you guys out there who have answered that question and gone, God, this means I have to admit that I don't actually have a handbook, we got you because <laughs> we got you because you're not alone. It's a it's a right. common thing. And uh, you're hundred percent right. Generally the answer is it's not written down anywhere. Right.
0: Totally. Which is why and somebody's so, asking. So let me so this is how I live my life. Um, just just so you know because if anyone's <laughs> feeling guilty. Let me just explain. This has been my entire existence. So I go through life until I run face first into a problem. And then I turn to someone I respect like Stephanie and say, hey, what do you do when people won't come to the staff meeting? And she says, well, what's in your handbook? And I go, oh. (laughs) Um, and, And then I go and write a handbook and then I have a handbook after that. Right. (laughs) And and then I get to put my nose in the air when someone asks me and says, What's in your handbook? So don't feel bad. This always happens, right? Especially when people have started practices and things like that. You don't you don't need this stuff in your contract until you need it in your contract. And so this is this is a thing that often gets into later versions of doctor contracts mm-hmm. and into later versions of staff handbooks it's generally not there until there was a problem and a reason for it to be there so don't yeah. feel bad so that's the first question is what's in the contract what's in the handbook mm-hmm. uh, number two for me why do you care why is mm-hmm. this Im- why is this important to you? you didn't come to the staff meeting why do you care mm-hmm. and that is a conversation be, or a question people often need to sit with a little bit.
1: Mm-hmm. Yeah, I I think that is definitely the second question for for me and it's why why is this important? What what about this is causing the upset for for you? Are you upset that they just didn't show up and didn't tell you? Are you upset because they missed a super important conversation are you upset because the answer they gave you is it's my day off and i'm not going to come in on my day off like what is it that you are upset about because i think that knowing what are you why is it mattering what is what is the needle in your side on it is and why does it matter to you to have all inclusive participation in your staff meetings? I think both of those questions are very important and need exploring.
0: Right. So generally there's two layers to the answer to this question. And that's, that's mm-hmm. what I'm getting at. It's, mm-hmm. it's uh, when I say, why is this important to you? And the person, if they stop and think about it, there's two, la- It's it's a, it's a two layer rage cake is what it is. <laughs> So the top layer that you cut right into right away is um, it's kind of this righteous anger of like how you were supposed to be here and you weren't here and you didn't show up. And now you're telling me that you're not going to come in the future. And it's almost like this. It's like this defiance thing, you know. Mm -hmm. And so it's it's really everybody else came and you think you're too good to, to come and do this. And I have said something to you and you are essentially telling me to flip off, right? Mm-hmm. And that's that's how we feel. And so we get that, uh, that real like zero-sum game. I'm going to win. You're going to lose. But you think you can win, and I'm going to lose. And I'm going to make you do what I want you to do because it feels like you're making me do what you want to do, which is just deal with it because you're not going to be there. And so there's that initial... Rage and anger that people feel when when this tends to happen. And the other mm-hmm. thing is we we flip into that natural, uh, again, it's caveman brain. It's not healthy. We start future casting. We're like, he didn't come to this meeting and he's not going to come to any meetings in the future. And the staff are going to notice that he's not coming to the other meetings. And then they're going to think they don't have to come to the meetings. And then they're not going to start coming to the meetings on their day off. And then ha- the meetings aren't going to be productive because there aren't people there. And then people who are even on schedule are not going to make time to come and do this. They're going to be leaving. And ultimately it's going to be me with a flip chart and nobody else is there. And it's anarchy. And everybody's going to work for Banfield down the road. going to go out of business my, my children are not going go to go to college ever and I'm gonna have to eat rats. <laughs> <laughs> My wife will
1: leave, all because Doctor <laughs> Smith won't come to the staff meeting. It'll wind up being a country song
0: It'll down the road. Be a
1: country song. <laughs> that Sammy
0: Kershaw will write about called "I Lost It All" when Dave wouldn't show up for staff meetings.
1: <laughs> Damn it, Dave. <laughs> but i i think i think that is really true i think it's um our human nature right and totally. and i think that that is the part where it is really important when you talk about good communication you are you are telling yourself stories you're making stuff up in your head and that is the piece that you have to spend some time sitting with and dissecting before you can have a truly productive conversation with someone because if you come at it from that place of um, making stuff up in your head and having the the rage cake shoved in your mouth when you have the conversation, it's not going to go anywhere. Well, <laughs> right, and th- and that's that's
0: why that's why that question is so important right up front is because it is the rage cake. So you cut through the top layer, and it is that, it is that irrational. People are like, that was a ridiculous segue. I do that. <laughs> it is ridiculous. You're not going to eat rats. But, but that is the ridiculous, irrational place that people write emails to me from or (laughs) call me from, right? Because they're feeling that and they are future casting. And so I asked that question about why is important because it pushes them back on their heels and it makes them process that anger and then get into the second layer of the cake, which is these things matter to you. Can you tell me why they matter? Because ultimately, the resolution for this comes from communication and from being able to articulate to your people why these things are important and why you want them to happen. Mm-hmm. And, guys, that's what that's the whole thing. There is the solution. So, you have got to say, Why do I care about this? You've got to get through the initial reaction of, How dare, what do you mean you're not going to come in for the next one and you're not sorry you missed this one? Mm -hmm. Like You have to get past that. And hopefully the person didn't articulate it to you that way. If, if they are really a good communicator, they did not say that. But if they did that, that's one thing. And you may have heard it that way. You've got to get through that. And then we start to really talk about what is our, why, what is our motivation? And that's, that's the key for all of that. You know, Mm -hmm. uh, that, 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 that's really success. So Mm -hmm. So let's start to talk about this. And, and so this has happened. Let's say we have processed the original rage. My advice to people generally is they're like, what do I say to him? Don't say anything to him. Not right now. You know, this, there is no, the meeting is over. There's <clears throat> not another meeting tomorrow or the next day or the next week. You know, mm-hmm. this, this does not have to happen now. Mm -hmm. You need to get into the right headspace or you are Mm going to do more damage than good. So nothing is what you say to him. You just just need to meditate, relax, take a bath, Um, you know, like whatever you do to (laughs) some yoga, whatever you do.
1: I think I think it is important in the moment to find out why your person is missing so when someone is supposed to be there and they just don't show up I I do think that it is important to check on our people but particularly we, we have gotten this question a lot and and the um, crux of the conversation is they didn't come in because it was their day off and they were doing x y and z I think when you have established that they are alive and okay and that's why they didn't show up then I think it is important to just sit on it. Um, or, you know, if you're having a short meeting and it can wait 25 minutes for you to contact them and just make sure, Hey, are you okay? Then I think before you have the follow-up conversation, I definitely think you need to sit on it.
0: Yeah, no, I know that that's good too. I'm not saying just imagine, imagine the worst straight away. No, that that, that's, that's a good point. Are you okay? Is everything all right? We got a staff (laughs) meeting. What happened? Something like that to collect that information. But honestly, guys, um, you need to get into a place where you can think about this rationally and Mm -hmm. your blood pressure is not going to go up. And you know Mm -hmm. that if you Mm -hmm. can't talk about this with your spouse, or your practice manager, without your chest tightening, Mm -hmm. you don't want to have this conversation. It's just, it's, Mm -hmm. you're going to, you're going to hurt yourself. One of the things that I, I really like about when this happens is that I get to look at someone and say, congratulations, you're about to become a better manager or you're about to become a better Mm -hmm. leader. Mm -hmm. And the reason is this, I am a big believer that we get better by facing challenges, right? By pressing ourselves against an opposing force. You know, Mm -hmm. iron sharpens iron. And so this is an example of a time where you are going to have to deal with this and you may blow it up and blow your face off. And I don't, we're not gonna let that happen to you. Um, <laughs> more likely, you are going to learn about some self-control. You're gonna learn about some empathy and some listening. You are right. gonna practice your communication skills, and you're gonna practice your planning skills for, for dealing with it in the future. So this was going to make you better. This is a real project for a manager or leader that will. Will pay dividends in the end, and so I find that to be something that comforts people and helps them feel like, okay, I'm I've gotten through the first initial rage. I'm thinking about why I care, why this is important, and I understand this is a challenge, and we're going to face this challenge, and we're going to get better, and we're going to make our practice better going forward. Mm-hmm. I agree with that. Let's let's lay out what is true. So mm-hmm. whenever I'm about to have these conversations, especially if they're emotionally uh, loaded, I try to I gotta try to try to try to try to try to separate myself from, from my, uh, from my emotions. We want a non-emotional conversation. What is true? And so if you're the practice and you're dealing with this and this doctor says he's not coming in on his day off, like what, what are some things that are true?
1: Um, I think that, um, a lot of times we do a bad job of communicating Yep. um you know to to set the expectation have the, there's a couple of questions that i generally ask myself and for me to figure out what is true it's remembering that there are always at least two sides to every story and the truth usually lies somewhere in the middle and so for me i I force myself to examine both sides of it. I want to look at what is true for me and for the practice and what is true for the person who missed the meeting, whether it's a doctor or a staff member. and know that there is validity on both sides and the truth probably lays somewhere in the middle of those two things. Um, and the other side of it is I try and look at myself first. Like you said, um, becoming a, be we become stronger as a result of this. Well, Let's talk about self honesty and look at did i communicate this as an expectation have i have i laid it out if you ask the question of what's in your contract or what's in your handbook and your answer is nothing have you truly laid out for them what the expectation is? And maybe you did, maybe you had, maybe it was laid out verbally. Maybe when that doctor started, you guys had a conversation about how you run staff meetings and what your expectation was for how they show up when they show up and all of the um, pieces that go along with that. But I think you have to look at yourself and you have to ask the question of have I communicated this clearly Um, or is this potentially a good example of poor or immature communication on my part
0: sure i i think i think it's true that there's two sides to every story um i think that in some cases s- someone gives us a valid message in a way that is not poorly done you know what i mean right. don't let the mm-hmm. meaning get lost in the message s- right if someone if someone says i'm not coming in on my day off and you're just going to deal with it That is an immature way to deliver that message, Mm
1: -hmm. but it
0: doesn't mean there's not something valid in what they're trying to say. And so, you know, I say that that's true. What else is true? Nobody wants to come in on their day off. You don't want to come in on their day off, on your day off. You know what I mean? Um, It's what else is true. It's hard for doctors to come in on their day off and you get sucked into stuff and you come in And you're there in your street clothes, like the dirtiest, dingiest street clothes you have, trying to send visual (laughs) cues to people that I am not. Could you just see this woman? You're like, I am in a tank top (laughs) and Umbro (laughs) shorts. Like I kept these since 1994 and I'm
1: wearing them here. Please tell me you have your slide on Adidas on your feet too.
0: Oh, oh, yeah. The other, yeah. The, 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 the. The, the the frat boy slide on Adidas, you know what oh I mean? Like <laughs> the blue ones that you've seen forever. You got you've got crocs and your feet stink. <laughs> you know, stuff like that. And and they still, they still come to you and say, Can you just see this lady real fast? Or they go, Can you she's just really antsy. Can you just call her? Or they go, Hey, look, um, I can you just look at this blood work that came back from yesterday? And Anyone who's been a vet for more than, I don't know, 10 minutes knows (laughs) that that's that's a sucking vortex, you know? And again, I love my job. I love being a vet. I really do. I love working with my staff. I love helping people. I love helping my team. I do. I still, I know that trap and I've seen it. And if I go in for a one o'clock staff meeting, if I don't, you know, put blinders on I'm going to leave at four 30 that afternoon. And my wife's going to be like, I thought we were going Mm -hmm. to the playground with the kids, or I Mm -hmm. thought we were going to go, um, to, to see my parents and, and visit with them, like whatever it is. And I'm going to, I'm going to feel like crap. And you you know, I feel like crap. My wife feels like crap. Like it it just, and it just, it happened. So Mm -hmm. just that that's true. And I'm just trying to, be, to be fair, you know, and we, what else is true? We do need time off. Everybody needs to recharge. And that is, that is important. And the last thing that's true is I don't know what's going on in Dave's life. I don't, I don't know what he's up against. I don't know what he's battling. I don't know what's going on. You know, um, you know, he says, I'm not, you know, I'm, I'm going out with my friends. You go, wow, that sounds like Dave's totally blowing me off know man maybe dave really needs maybe dave really needs some time with his friends away from work like maybe that's a real thing i don't know mm-hmm. and so it helps me to get into a right headspace to to lay out these types of thoughts and say what is true mm-hmm. you know so mm-hmm. i think that way if you're the doctor right you're on the other side you do need down time. like so let's let's play this from the other side too and say because some people will say They're they're listening to this because they're like, I don't want to go to staff meetings, right? Mm -hmm. I don't want to come on my day off. Are you gonna stand here and and bash me? And the truth is, I'm not gonna bash you because there are things if you're the doctor, you say, What's true? I do need downtime, right? I do need personal boundaries, right? What else is true is the way that I communicate that to the practice is just as important as the message. Right. And so in the case of we're kind of the hypothetical one we're laying out when Dave's like, I'm not coming and I'm not coming on my day off. I think he could have a very valid point and I think that he could have very valid reasons. I don't think he communicated that well. And a lot of times this really blows up because the person is trying to get personal boundaries, right? They're trying to get space and they just don't think about how to communicate it or they just say work-life balance. How? That's all I got. And I'm just going to say that. (laughs) And and if you say, I'm not coming to your staff meetings because of work-life balance, that is true and valid and infuriating to your boss and possibly self damaging for you to say that. And we have another thing. Um, we have a podcast earlier called, uh, my boss, I roll so hard at work life balance. And if, (laughs) if, 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 and so that, I think that if you're on this bus, I think that's a great podcast for you to listen to. I think we hit it on hit on a lot, but the way you deliver this, it really does matter. Um, Mm -hmm for good or ill, you are being watched by the staff. And so if you don't show up or you fight these things, the staff is looking at you. And so that that does make what you say more important. You probably don't know why, you, you don't know why this why the practice really wants you to be there. Unless they have told you, this is why we want you to be here. Sometimes it just feels like some crap that you have to check the boxes for. And you yeah. may not know how important this is to them. And sometimes, you know, we've, we've all had bosses and we're like, I know you want me to do this thing. If I knew that this was an eight out of 10 for you on the important scale, I would do it. But if this is like a two out of 10 for you on the important scale, then I'm going to go have my lunch and not worry about it until later on. But how much do you care? And a lot of times we, we don't, we don't know how much they care. So we make some assumptions. And and that can be that can get us in trouble. You don't want to be taken advantage of. And at the same time, you do want to be a part of a team that looks out for each other. And I want to be supportive of my practice. Why? Because when I need them, I want them to be supportive of me. Right. Like there's going to be a time I'm going to ask them for help. And if I seem unwilling to do what they want me to do, there's a good chance they're going to be unwilling to do what I want them to do later on. Right. Mm-hmm. And I do want to be a part of a real team and a real positive culture, so all those things are true for me as the doctor. Let's talk about how we get on the same page. How would you kick this off, Steph?
1: Um. Oh man, I I would start with, um, you know, ha, have I thought through both sides? Like, ha, have I have I actually looked going through? exercise that we just talked about and asking like, what what role do I play? What role does my emotions and how I'm filtering this play? And are is it possible that the doctor or the staff member is filtering it through a different lens? And have, have I looked at that? Because I think the first place that it is so easy for our caveman brains to jump through is that the other person is intentionally wronging us and they are choosing to um, be like, well, screw you, I don't care about your stuff. That That's exactly like what you talked about where the meaning is getting lost in the message and that's how it's coming across because they're frustrated because they feel like they're getting picked on. But there is truth there. And so I think you have to start by by looking at both sides of it before you start thinking about well, why did this happen? What was the intention behind this?
0: Yeah. So I I agree. I have four questions.
1: Okay.
0: That I use again and again and again. Whenever this communication stuff comes up, whenever you're gonna have a difficult conversation, I need to come up with an acronym, something something that I can brand it to me. Mm-hmm. Yeah, you know, I can't make I can't make it say anything. <laughs> you know, like like dare or care. <laughs> vets something something that makes it memorable i I don't have a fuzzy that's not something i'm good at i need to work on that so i don't have anything to trademark here but just know that these i use these all the time i think they're crazy valuable here you go so four questions number one am i assuming good intent number two has the other side been set up to fail number three what's my role in this mess and number four what outcomes do i want to achieve And so I use those all the time before hard conversations. So let's, let's break them apart. Number one, am I assuming good intent? I'm going to go talk to Dave. If I think that Dave is trying to lead a mutiny or that he is disrespecting me or something like that, I am not assuming good intent on his part. And I'm going to go in with guns blazing. And guys, if this goes wrong, it goes really wrong right? Yeah. If this conversation goes wrong, we end up in a power battle. You're going to do this. No, I'm not. Everybody crosses their arms. The staff right. looks to see who's going to win. And there's a winner and there's a loser. It's a zero sum game. Only one can survive. If you, the practice win, quote unquote, win, then the your vet feels abused they feel like a victim. They may sort of play that out to the staff. Like Mm -hmm. I'm being, uh, I'm being taken advantage of, you know, the narrative they'll probably tell is I need work-life balance. And my practice is calling me in on my day off. And when I told Mm -hmm. them that I needed space, they had a meeting and they wrote me up for it. You know what I mean? Like that's not the outcome that you want. If you are the practice and you, and it comes to zero sum and you don't win, then you feel like there's this message of, the individual over the team, Mm -hmm. every, every man for himself, you know, um, we're not really a team. You do what you want to do. And we don't really have any control. And there's feelings of disrespect, lack of gratitude, lack of commitment. It's all about me. You know, all those things start coming up in in your mind and, and, and people part ways and you may lose that veterinarian over this one thing, right? Mm -hmm. And when you mm-hmm. really nail down to it and drill down to it, we're talking about staff meetings. I mean, how often do, do these happen? Is this something that we are willing to lose somebody over? So put all that stuff aside. Am I assuming good intent? Dave didn't come to the staff meeting. He says he's not coming on his day off. I don't know what's going on in Dave's life. He, you know, work-life balance is important. I want to be supportive of him. Um, you know, I, I don't want him to burn out. I want him to be happy here right? I, I, I think that Dave is a reasonable, rational person. He probably mm-hmm. just doesn't understand why I think this is important or, or what's at stake or, or or why we're doing this. Dave is a good guy. I know he's a good guy. We're just coming at this from different places. And so that's the first part about assuming good intent.
1: I think there's one question that I have learned um, that sets, takes that Am I assuming good intent? And then sets up your next three questions for success. And that is um, a question that I learned about from our dear friend, Jen Galvin, um, at an uncharted event, which is, what happened? And then shut up. Because you have no opportunity to future cast. You have no opportunity to get into your own head and share any of that with them if you ask them what happened. And let them talk you are going to have an opportunity to find out has the other side of this conversation been set up for fail potentially what is your role in this mess because they may give you answers to that in in their answer and then you certainly have the opportunity for when they have shared and when they have felt heard to answer the question and set yourself up for what is the outcome that i want to achieve but you have to start with the question of what happened and shut up so that you can hear their side of the story.
0: No, I completely agree. The key to this is talking less and listening more. Mm-hmm. And, you know, I do not want to bring Dave in, sit him down and start lecturing him about the why for our meetings and why he needs to be there. I need yeah. him to tell me what's your, what, what's, what's your, what's your, what's your concern? Like, what's your problem? What's your real beef? Cause I have a bunch of assumptions that I'm making. But this is only a productive conversation if I understand why he cares. And so i think I think what happened is a great way to open that
1: well, and because I think if you if you ask, I think it's a natural reaction for most of us to think, what's their deal? Why, you know, why do they have a why do they have a beef with this? But the answer may be that that is something we're making up in their head. It may not really matter to them in the grand scheme of things. Maybe this day, Dave was like, Hey, I got friends in from downtown. I'm going to go do this thing. And so today it mattered, but in general, it may not matter to him. But if you come at it from a, Hey, I feel like you're giving me attitude about this. You're not going to get anywhere.
0: Right. I completely agree. So question number two, has the other side been set up to fail? Did anybody tell Dave that this was important? Like when he came on did we tell him that this was going to happen and he can expect it? You know, um, have we, have we, I don't know. I mean, ha, are we, are we setting these meetings one week in advance and maybe Dave, um, I don't know, maybe he's, maybe he needs childcare on those days. Maybe he's, uh, maybe he's divorced and sharing custody And we're dropping doctor's meetings on the day that he has custody. And he's like, Mm -hmm. dude, I'm not going to do this for you. And I'm thinking he was complaining for that. You know, uh, have we set him up to fail by not figuring out what his priorities are, by asking his schedule, by not telling him what's important, by not telling him why it's important. You know, a lot of times I see this with, with, with training. I'll say, has this person been set up to fail? Meaning have we given them, have they been trained to do the thing I'm asking them to do. So rather than me getting mad because the, you know, the QuickBooks stuff is not up to date, has this person been properly trained so that this is not a Herculean task and they understand what they're supposed to be doing? Same same mm-hmm. thing comes up again and again. So I don't know, have we, are we putting Dave in a bad spot? Mm-hmm. Number three, what's my role in this mess? And that's when I really start to get creative Am I protecting Dave when he does come in or do I, or have I primed the text to wait for him? I mean, I've heard other docs say, Oh, Dr. uh, Dr. H will be in this afternoon for the staff meeting. Why don't you just ask her then instead of making me get into the record and figure out what to tell the lady on the phone, you Mm -hmm. know, like that's a cultural problem. And that's us that's us setting him up where he's going to come in and then he's going to lose his day off. Like, yeah, that's my role as the leader or the manager. Like, have I communicated to the staff? When people come in on their day off for their staff meeting, you don't mess with them. You don't ask them to do anything. They're here for the meeting. We start the meeting on time. We end the meeting on time and they are out. Right. Like, yeah. have I communicated that stuff? Have I explained to him why this is important? Because if I haven't told him why I want him to give up his day off, then I can't be super surprised when he didn't want to come in Yeah, and it might, and the why better be good enough to justify him coming in on his day off. Right. Mm-hmm. It, here's another, I mean, another one and you usually jump on this and bring it right up is are these meetings actually useful enough to justify <laughs> him coming in?
1: Why don't you <laughs> unpack what that means? Yeah. So that's, I think, um, my whole, um, my whole thought process on meetings has really changed over the, the course of my career. And I think it's an important question to ask, like, is, is this a meeting to like, just disseminate information that could have been done by any other means, whether it's email or, um, a work, a Slack, um, workspace for your team or your Facebook group, or, um, you know, at your morning huddle, is it, is it a whole hour's worth of that kind of information that you could disseminate in another way? Or is this truly a meeting that requires everybody's participation where everybody's going to be actively engaged and it is going to be a productive use of time? Because I think the majority of our team members and the majority of our veterinarians are not out to get us, you guys, as, as practice owners, as practice managers, like, it's, it's really easy for us to feel like we really want this thing to happen and they're standing in my way. And it's, it's really easy for us to get into a negative headspace about it. But the reality is, is that they don't want us to fail. They want to be a part of a team and have a positive culture. And I think that the majority of them who are, um, adults, (laughs) actually understand that that requires their engagement as well, that they have to participate in in it to a degree to help be a part of that team and help create the positive culture. And so I think asking the question of like, why are we having this meeting? What is important about it? And making sure that, especially for the meetings that we're asking staff members or doctors to come in on their day off for, that it really, truly has a pertinent, um, that it's, that it's pertinent, that it's relevant to what's going on in the practice and that it can't be done in any other way. And the other piece of it that I think is really, really important for you as a manager or you as a um, practice owner um, or managing veterinarian to unpack is, look, life happens. So when someone has to miss a meeting, what is – we have to have a plan. We have to have a process to – keep them involved in it because life is going to happen and someone's going to get sick or somebody's going to go on vacation or Dave's going to have a friend here from out of town and he's going to want to be off on his day off and you're going to have to accept that. So what are we doing to be a part of the solution and make sure that the team sees that we are holding meetings when they are really important and, um, and that there is a, they understand the why behind them. Um, I think that that's really, really important.
0: Yeah, absolutely. Um, I completely agree. So when I'm looking at my side of the table, say, what's my role in this mess? You hit the nail on the head. Am I making this valuable enough to justify Dave coming in on his day off? I mean that that should be a challenge to all of us. Like that mm-hmm. should. I'm not saying I'm obviously not saying don't have the meeting. I'm saying the meeting is very, very <laughs> important. You should have it. But yeah. it should, if you're just doing it to do it, I don't think that we can expect people to come in on their days off. Like, they're going to pick up on that. And so it, it really does it does have to be something that's useful. And so what's my role in this mess? Am I using these to communicate information that I could communicate another way? Uh-huh. Right? Uh, and I think a lot of times we see that. It's like this could be an email or this could be <laughs> a bulletin. You know, this could be a, a million other things that the staff could could get without people coming in and, and burning their time.
1: And that's where I feel like so many of us, my myself included, have um at one point or another done meetings really badly. Like we, we think about, it, we're like, oh, we've got 25 million things we have to tell everybody. So we're going to have a staff meeting and we're going to spend an hour just going down a list of stuff that everybody needs to know about. You guys, that is, a very not productive use of anybody's time because probably 99% of that information could be disseminated by email or by another means of communication so that you can spend the time actually working on stuff that you couldn't work on or engage with in, in any other way. And I think especially for those teams out there, um, a lot of times the response to this is, well, we only have a staff meeting, um, you know, once a quarter because it's really hard to get everybody together. And so we have it and then we just go through what's really important and that's our meeting. Do you really need to have that meeting is my question. Like, are are you just doing it to do it, to feel like you have meetings or are you truly spending meeting time to work on your business. And if the answer to that is yes, then I think you had a very key point, which is that it has to be planned there. They have to have a schedule in advance. Everybody has to know what you're working on and why you're working on it. And I'm a big proponent of having, um, time, somewhat regularly to talk about some of those, like, um, you know, Oh, Hey, this came up this week. We want to remind everybody that it's, um, you know, heartworm awareness month. And these are the things that we're doing. These are the talking points for clients. Like, I don't doubt that there is a piece of that that needs to be gone through on a regular basis, but that should not be the majority of your meeting. And if it is, I really challenge you guys to look at your meeting format because I think you're doing your team a disservice.
0: Yeah. We need to do, we need to do a podcast just on, on running a good meeting. So I, I think that's something we need to add to our list for, for me again, when I start to have problems on meetings or, or attendance, am I having too many meetings? Mm-hmm. Are we having these meetings all the time? And people are just saturated with meetings. Am I having yes. too few meetings? Cause I see a lot of people who do the thing that you do. You're talking about, yeah. and they have it once a quarter. And they're like, Oh, we're just right. going to talk about all the things. And then the meetings, they either, they go too long, drag on. And there's way too many things and, and nothing really gets accomplished. And they're like, crap. You see, that's why these meetings are awful. We should not have the meetings. And the truth is, you should have more meetings so that you can actually accomplish the things you need to do. You can't wait till once a quarter and then have an hour and then expect to have something productive. That's just, it's not enough time. It's not enough frequency. You're wasting everybody's time, which makes you think you should quit doing meetings when in reality, you should do more meetings yeah. so that it's not yeah. such a cluster when you actually do it. Are you having them all on the same day? If day's day off is Wednesday and you have staff meetings twice a month on Wednesdays, dude, I'm with Dave. I'm not coming in every other Wednesday, my every other day off. Uh, they just, no, that's not. And all the other doctors are off, you know, enjoying their day off and I'm, I'm losing half my days off. That's not cool. You know, um, do I have any flexibility? Like you said, is this the one time that Dave had a problem? Uh, or he's got something else going on on his day off and he can't make the meeting. Am I being inflexible? Uh, right. do, does Dave actually have to be there? And this is a question that blows people's minds. They say, oh, well, everybody has to get this. And I would say, could you film it? Could Dave watch it on film? Could you have Dave Skype in? And I actually like this a lot. Again, it depends on why we do these things, but guys, you set up a laptop in the corner of the room and let people get on a Google hangout or get on a Skype and they can be there and, and somebody could sit next to a laptop and, and take questions or things like that. But, you know, can we do this virtually? Because guys, a lot of times they're totally fine to be there for an hour. It's the driving in. It's getting loose, getting dressed, driving in, then getting out of the building and driving home. It's not a one-hour meeting, guys. It's a three-hour meeting. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. But if if I can jump online from my house or even from my phone, watch the meeting and get out, that's, that's a different beast. And so maybe that's possible. And none of this works. If I'm not starting on time and ending on time, I keep mm-hmm. saying this is a one hour meeting and I want Dave to be there at one. But if the meeting is starting at one because we're wrapping up clients and stuff and it doesn't end at two, it ends at
1: 2:40, mm-hmm.
0: you know, and there's, and people are full on seeing appointments while the meeting is going on. I think we've, I think most of us have seen these meetings. That's, that's, that's not being honest with him. And like, I totally understand why he wouldn't be fired about fired up about being here. And the last thing is just uh, one more time:
1: Is this productive? Does this justify yeah. his time? And,
0: and and I need to try to make sure it does.
1: And I think you need to ask all of those questions of yourself to be able to answer your question number four. With and and to a degree. Question number three, which is what's my role in this mess and what outcome do I want to achieve? If you don't know why you're having the meetings, if that isn't crystal clear in your head and you cannot give them an elevator pitch for why you their involvement in your meeting, whether it's a full staff meeting or a doctor's meeting or a leadership meeting, if you can't sell them on it in less than 30 seconds, you don't know what your outcome is. And you have to sit with number four for a while because they they you can't ask them to give up their personal time. You can't ask, especially if you're doing it on a regular basis, you can't ask them to give that up without them understanding the why and being willing to buy into that. That's just never going to happen. Totally. And in classic
0: uncharted style, I can't give you the answer to number four. You know, what outcome do you want to achieve? I I, I can't give that to you and Steph can't give that to you. You really need to sit with this. And, mm-hmm. I, and there are a lot of reasons. Some people say, oh, disseminate information. I go, well, you know, are there other ways that you can do that? If that's the idea, then I... Firmly think you could probably film it and somebody could just watch it at their leisure before their next shift. I, I think yes. that's fine. But I I really do think that most of us get into things like we want everyone to feel heard. We like to make some decisions as a group, and decisions are going to get made in the staff meeting. And I want you to be there and have your voice heard. Or if you're not and and the answer is if you're not going to come to staff meetings, you may end up Living your life with decisions that you wish you'd been a part of the discussion about.
1: Mm-hmm. And I think a really good example for me of this is um, is doctors' meetings. So um, my hospital has doctors' meetings, and we do them once a month. And the time frame that worked out for the doctors in my practice, then, and, and I think in most practices, doctors' meetings often happen before or after hours because trying to get all the doctors together during the course of a work day is really hard and so the time that worked out for all my doctors is to do a 6:30 a.m start for their doctor's meeting and that doesn't work for me but the reality is is that they are were they are um, problem solving they are, coming up with solutions for standards for our practice and um, engaging in decision-making. And it is important for me on a personal level to participate in that. And it is also important for them to have me there and available to to ask questions of like, well, from a business perspective, how can we do this? Or how does this financially affect us? They need me to participate in that, but the timeframe doesn't work for me. And so that is, you, you gave a great example. Our solution was to say, okay, I've got two small kids at home, I can't leave them home alone that early in the morning. But what I absolutely can do is I can FaceTime in for the meeting. And so I can be on the phone with them and I can watch their faces and I can observe um, and participate. And then when they need me to engage in the meeting, I can, but I don't have to physically be in the building. And so I understand the outcome, which is that we want to work together as a doctor and leadership team to set up standards for the practice. So the meeting is important to me. You have my buy-in. The doctors have established why it's important to them for me to participate. And so we've come up with a solution that allows flexibility um, so that we use the one day where they're all already working. So the only person who's coming in during my time off is is me but that doesn't mean that I have to drag myself down there at 6 30 in the morning and be resentful um potentially over that fact there is there is flexibility and a solution that can be found without creating um without creating that frustration on on my part
0: yeah I my
1: think, sorry go ahead oh I was gonna say I think it answers your question too um when we were talking about this is like is, you know, is, why is this, why is this important? And is this, is this a battle I want to pick right now? <laughs> right. I think is, yes. is another big question.
0: Yeah. Am I assuming good intent? Has the other side been set up to fail? What's my role in this mess? What outcome do I want to achieve?
1: Uh-huh. And so
0: th- those are the questions. The, I, I think the keys to success for this is a- active listening. I want to listen more than I talk. I really do want Dave to talk to me about what's going on with him. You know, I want to hear what his concerns are. I want to hear what his, what his uh, constraints are. And, mm-hmm. and, and I don't want to dismiss them. Like he said, if he says, look, you're doing these meetings every other week and they're always on my day off. Like mm-hmm. you should hear that. That's not fair. That doesn't make sense. Yeah. We need to be moving these meetings around or we need to figure out something that will work with Dave that he can be on board with. Uh, and, and And I'm talking about maybe, maybe he can come to every other one. That's another thing. Right. Maybe the solution is not that Dave comes to every meeting. Depending on right. why you care, maybe he can watch half of them on video and he will come to half of them or right. something like that. You, know, you can think creatively as long as you're not emotional, this is not a zero sum game and you're just trying to get a mutually beneficial outcome. So active listening, remember this is a mutually beneficial problem solving exercise. I want something good for Dave and I want something good for me. How do I get that? I do not want to win this battle. I do not want to force Dave to do something he's going to be resentful about. I want to work with him.
1: And I think that that's why it's so important that to do all of this um, requires some sitting and taking some time so that you do get in the right headspace. Because if you go into conversation with someone, particularly if, Um, the meaning has been lost in the message and you are frustrated or you're, um, irritated or even you're feeling frankly pissed off that somebody didn't show up for a meeting that you had outlined was an expectation. You have to sit there and you have to work through this process or it is going to to go nowhere. And you're not going to be able to establish in the future what your clear expectations are so that you can put it in your contract in the future, so that you can write it in your handbook, that you can establish a policy um, and a protocol for your hospital that is going to um, seem fair to the team as a whole, because you need the time to make sure that you are really, truly coming at it from a place of wanting to mutually problem solve this together.
0: Totally. And then I I think no matter what we learn from this and clear expectations in the next round of doctor contracts, you know, Mm -hmm. and that, that always getting better learn from this. Mm -hmm. I don't think that we go, I know that we do not go around right now to the other doctors and say, I've, Got a new contract for you and I want you to sign it right here. That's not it. But I do think as if this is important and this is your why, I do think as contract renewal comes around, this needs to be added to the contract. And I'd be upfront about it and be like, hey, as you know, doctor important and meeting, uh, meetings are important we, you know, we've, we've added them, uh, because they are so important. And if you've had good buy-in and you're not changing what you're doing with the meetings, they're not going to be doing anything they're not already doing. And then when you bring in new doctors, that expectation is clearly set.
1: And I don't think that you have to wait Um, until you do your contract renewals. If you, if you guys as a team, if, and a lot of it depends on your why, but if this is something that you have um, answered the question of what outcome do I want to achieve, is this is, if this is something that truly can only be achieved by having meetings on whatever basis, and this is what that's going to mean to the doctor's, Write an addendum to your contract and, and have a discussion with all of them and have them agree to that piece. If it truly um, is going to become an or is a piece of your practice culture and you want them to be a part of it, and they, especially if they are agreeing to be a part of that, there is no reason why you can't do an addendum to their contract and say, hey, this is now what we've decided on. This is what we have agreed upon. Here's the one-off piece of that. You're not changing any other piece of their contract. You're just saying, as of this date, we have agreed to do this this thing moving forward. The same with your team. If you have established that you're now going to hold, you know, weekly meetings, and the expectation is that um, you're there for every meeting, unless you're, you know, scheduled for paid time off, and if you are, the expectation is that you're going to watch the video or you're going to read the meeting notes and you're going to sign off on them. Write it down and give them an addendum. You don't have to change your whole handbook. You can do a one page policy insert to it. It's not hard. And I think this is where we do ourselves a disservice as managers and as practice owners, particularly in making a mountain out of a molehill and thinking, God, I can't add it in because you know they just signed their contract a month ago and now I'm gonna go changing it. Well, if it's a mutually agreed upon change, there's no reason not to change it now. Gotcha.
0: Let's wrap this up with the worst case scenario and say that we are not able to get this doctor on board uh-huh. let's say that they are just nope 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 uh-huh. the two the two questions we ask at that point am i willing to die on this hill <laughs> and am i willing to die on this hill right now those uh-huh. are different questions they are so so <laughs> i Oftentimes I feel like there is this implied answer when I say, are you willing to die on this hill? And I think that people think the correct answer is no, that is not always the correct answer. There are some hills that we need to be willing to die on. Uh And, you know, I, we, we talked, I think way back in the beginning about, um, the second episode we had was called, why are you so special? And we Uh talked about core values. Uh And for me, if this is a core value for you and it is about being a team and all for one and one for all, and we participate and we support each other and I am being reasonable and, you know, I feel I'm being very, very reasonable and the doctor is still like, I don't give a crap. I work for you from nine to five and I'm going to do what's in my contract and nothing more. And I will do you no favors Mm
1: -hmm.
0: to me that that person doesn't match up with my core values. Mm -hmm. And that's, Not saying he's a bad person. Mm -hmm. Just saying his core values don't match with mine, which means this is not going to be a productive relationship, which means that you know, when someone's core values are not compatible with your own, um, that that you're you're destined to part ways. You you just Mm -hmm. you just are. If it really is a core value issue, you're destined to part ways. So are you willing to die on this hill? It depends on how much you care about about your meetings and honestly, your why. Why do you want to do this? And so the answer may be, yes, I do care about this. And this is the hill I want to die on. Um,
1: do you need to and, do it right now? Can't right, can exactly. we let this go for now? Exactly. And that can be a perfectly acceptable answer, particularly like I'm thinking in my manager brain, what? Okay. Now I have an associate that I know our core values don't align, but it's summer. It's insane at the clinic. They're about to cover everybody's vacations. And if I lose a doctor, then I don't have anybody to open the clinic. Okay. It is a perfectly acceptable answer to say, yes, this is the hill that I'm willing to die on. I'm not going to die on this hill today. I might wait two months. I might wait six months. But I know that we're going to have to circle back to this because this is something that is critically important to my core values as a team leader or the team values that we have established all together. Um, And it is absolutely okay to wait and not necessarily feel guilty about choosing to wait that you're not going to die on that hill today. Exactly. It, it, it's not ideal, but it is depending
0: on the cards that you're playing, right? You, this is when you're dealing with another person, you don't have complete control. Yeah. It is perfectly reasonable to say, I don't like where we are right now, mm-hmm. but I'm not going to burn everything down because I need this person. We are going to revisit this issue in the fall or the next time it comes up and we will see, you know, if his or her perspective can change or has changed. And if it doesn't, then I don't think that we're going to be renewing this contract at the end of the year, Mm -hmm. you know, and just know that from the beginning and be like, well, you know, we're going to go forward now and I'm going to continue to treat this person kindly and fairly. Um, but. He or she is not a good fit. They don't fit with our, with our core values. They're here for a year. We're going to work this contract
1: a year out. And then I I don't think we're going to renew. And here's the thing you guys, and this is where I have to, before we're done, I have to throw in a little bit of reality, which is that if you have a, everybody thinks I'm, I can't lose a doctor. There are so many openings and there are not enough doctors and everybody is looking for an associate. And that is true. And at the end of the day, it is also true that if you have a team that has a mission and a vision and a set of aligned core values, and you have a doctor that does not fit those core values, you are doing yourself more of a disservice by continuing to have them a part of your team than figuring out alternative solutions to not having that doctor there, even if it means that you go on the hunt for another another associate. And I... I so many times I see managers and owner doctors put their head in the sand and ignore that because they're afraid of losing a doctor. And they're like, well, I'm, I'm not going to have the discussion about them missing the staff meeting because at the end of the day, I, I'm not going to fire them over it. So what does it matter? That's a very dangerous attitude to have. And it's a very dangerous question to not answer what does it matter? Because I think for some practices, it really does matter. And you are doing just that you're sticking your head in the sand and you're only going to make the the problem worse over time. I completely agree. I think that that's where I would wrap up for today. Have you got anything else? No, but I think, uh, I think we've got a couple more podcasts that came out of this one.
0: Oh my gosh. Yeah. (laughs) Oh, cool.
1: This is a good one. Thanks. you guys. Um, know that you're not alone because we we get this one we've got this one multiple times and hopefully that was helpful for some of you guys who are like oh are they talking about me is that my clinic that they're talking about
0: yeah completely agree
1: all right we'll see you next week all right have a good one